college basketball tournaments are back, and so are brackets. Get comfy on your couch, turn off that Zoom camera, and sign up for your men's and women's USA Today sports bracket. Register at brackets.usatoday.com. Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the New York Giants. This is the Giants Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Giants Wire editor, Dan Benton. Dave, you look sharp. Hope you continue to have good health. Thank you, Bruce. Even if Saquon comes back 100%, do you need playmakers? One, two more? How do you how do you look at that? You know, every, every, Bruce, every team needs playmakers. You know, let's let's be honest. Okay, um, you know, good Lord willing, Saquon will be 100%, and and obviously he'll make a huge difference. A healthy Saquon, you know, obviously makes a big difference. But, you know, again, you're, you're always looking to add good players. And, you know, oh, by the way, we're not playing until September. All right? So we've got the free agency. We've got the draft. And we'll see how it plays out. You know, we're not uh, – um, it's not like we don't realize where our – you know, what we need. But, again, at the end of the day, it's also about adding really good players. You can never have too many good players at, a, at any position. So, Sure. You know, we're, 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 we have our eye out for that, but we also have our eye out for guys that fit us culturally and, and fit what we're, where we're trying to get to. Well, there's Giants GM Dave Gettleman speaking to the media. And uh, I got to tell you, Dan, Gettleman's pressers are pretty entertaining. He is an interesting cat, as I'm sure Giants fans know well. And you, you almost have to tune in for these things when he gets on the Zoom call and he's in front of the reporters because just weird stuff happens. And this is what we saw uh, this week when Gettleman got in front of the media. There's no doubt about it. Oh, no. Uh, boy, what a difference a week makes. Am I right? I mean, <laughs> my goodness, a week ago, we're like, you know, kind of just twiddling our thumbs, waiting for something to happen. And then the world explodes. Gettleman gets on the call and all heck breaks loose. And <laughs> <laughs> well, boy, football's back, baby. It's good to be covering the Giants, man. <laughs> you know, people are just ready to go. They were ready for Judge and Gettleman when they got in front of the uh, podium. And I want to get there was a lot of stuff to get to with this. And we're going to get to it, believe me. But I loved how the presser started with Gettleman. He tells all the reporters on the Zoom call, he goes, look, I'm not discussing anything to do with contracts. Don't ask me about contracts. And then, of course, the reporters kind of go on and kind of grill him about Leonard Williams and how he was reportedly getting the tag. And you could just tell by looking at Gettleman's face that, yep, Leonard Williams was going to get the tag, right? Just looking at (laughs) Gettleman's face, he was like beat red and he was trying not to say anything. And you can just tell him like, look at you, Dave, like clearly Leonard Williams is getting the tag. And he did, obviously. So I thought that was kind of hilarious. But what do you think about that decision? I think that's a good thing, right? Leonard Williams is back. I, I know there was some uncertainty. They've been at least talking to him about a contract. And now we know he will be back with the Giants. That's a good thing. Arguably, probably the best defensive lineman on the market. Right, right, right. Listen, that was goal number one. We we discussed that last week. And, uh, you know, I think the general consensus was that it's something that absolutely had to happen if a long-term contract had not been agreed to, which... You know, obviously, as of this recording, it has not been. Uh, the two sides continue to work towards that. Um, the franchise tag is essentially going to act as a placeholder. But the caveat to that is, is that's the same scenario that played itself out last year. Uh, the idea was that it was just going to be a placeholder uh, until they agreed to a long-term contract. That never happened. 
Um, the Giants, you know, they, they expended their only leverage now. That was it. Um, they had to use the franchise tag, but now it's imperative uh, that they get Leonard Williams under some sort of long-term deal. If they fail to do that, you know, there really is no defense of Dave Gettleman in that scenario. I'm not ready to jump on the pile yet, as so many seem to have done already. Uh, let's give it an opportunity to actually get done before we're critical of it. Um, but, you know, some people um, out there, fans, media or otherwise, are, are quick to quick to jump on the pile and, and criticize them for, for something that hasn't even happened yet. So, you know, I'm not going to be that person. I think what the what they did yesterday with the franchise tag was a no-brainer, uh, had to be done. Williams had to be back. And, and listen, if you saw the reaction of his teammates – on Twitter, when that news broke, it told you how valuable he is to that team in that locker room. So, you know, I applaud the Giants for making sure he sticks around for at least another year, but now they got to make sure that it's more than that. Yeah, it's a big move. Great to have Leonard Williams back. And I like how you put that, Dan, jumping on the pile. And speaking of that, things got a little testy during this uh, this presser between the NFL Network's Kim Jones and Gettleman. I know you have some things you want to say about this. I have some opinions as well. I'm going to play a piece of sound here. It's a li- it's edited down. This is about a two-minute clip that's edited down to about a minute. But if people didn't watch Gettleman's presser all the way through, this happened about midway through, and it was uh, it was downright entertaining. Hey, Dave. It's Kim. Jones. Oh, hey, Kim. How are you? Hi. Hi. Um, since you arrived back at the Giants, I think this is now year four of the rebuild, and while I'm sure you might quibble with this, PFF had your offensive line ranked 31st this season in the league. I'm just wondering where you think you guys are in this rebuild, and did you think it would be a little quicker, frankly? Well, you know, Kim, in terms of where our offensive line is, they're young and they're talented, and things take time. I saw, you know, I, you know, I said it earlier, things take time. So we're getting there, Kim, you know, and I, and I just, you know, it's, it's the old saying, you know, you got you to gotta run the ball and, and you got to obviously be able to protect the passer. And we're just, we're young and we're getting better. Dave, if I may, though, you sure. can only say you're young if you don't have Zeitler and Solder because they're not young. They are absolutely right, better right, than this right. team. So are you implying they're gone and, the, you know, the young guys have to make it happen now? I'm, I'm not implying that, that at all, Kim. I'm but just Dave, saying. your offensive line isn't young. Respectfully, you don't have a young offensive line When your center and your left guard and your left tackle are rookies, basically, you're young. Man, you think Giants reporters are ready for some football? I mean, I think we're all like we're on edge. We haven't had football for a couple months, and oh man, we're all like ready to go. Uh, but that was uh, hey, it was entertaining number one, but it was also a little awkward. And Kim Jones kind of went at uh, Gettleman there, trying to make him admit that his offensive line is is old. But the more you look at this, I mean, yeah, she she mentions Kevin Zeitler, who you were just telling me off the air just turned thirty. And Nate Solder, who's got all kinds of stuff going on at home. He's missed some time. He's only 32. I think the rest of the Giants offensive linemen outside of Cam Fleming, who's like, what, 28? They're all in their early to mid-20s. Overall, this is a pretty young offensive line, I think, when you do the average age thing. There's like an axe being grinded here or something. Like, what what did you think about this exchange? What uh, what got your antennas up? Well... (laughs) <laughs> honestly, it Where to felt begin? like there Where were, to begin? yeah, I was going to say, I, honestly, it felt like there were snipers in the bushes, sure, just yeah. kind of waiting for the moment to, to, you know, to get after him. And, uh, Kim didn't waste any time. And, um, listen, the thing is, is as I'm sitting there watching this take place and, and I'm listening to the call, I was, 
I was admittedly somewhat perplexed by the premise that the Giants offensive line is old. And, you know, I didn't have any numbers in front of me at the time. Uh, but I did recognize, of course, that Solder is 32 years old. Everybody knows that he's on the other side of 30. And um, listen, we could be critical in hindsight all day long of the addition of Solder. Uh, but we need to remember that at the time of his signing, and you've heard me say this on this podcast before, it was universally agreed upon that the Giants had no choice but to sign him in free agency that year because they could not risk going into that season. He was 29 at the time, by the way could not risk going into that season with Eric Flowers at left tackle. You just couldn't, they couldn't do it. And as much as anybody wants to argue about how bad that contract and that signing was now, if you go back in time to that moment, no one can honestly tell me, or anyone else for that matter, that putting Solder at left tackle was a worse choice because of age than leaving Eric Flowers in there to protect Eli and then Jones later on. Let's not kid ourselves with that. Um, secondary to that, as, as Gettleman pointed out, Andrew Thomas was 20 years old when the season started last year. He's he, 21 now. He looked like it at times, too. Right. Yeah, he did. Will Hernandez, who was replaced by Shane Lemieux, was 25. Lemieux, 23 years old. Nick Gates, 25, first-time starting center. Cam Fleming, when he was out there, 28 years old. Matt Pert, 23 years old as part of that rotation. Kevin Zeitler, obviously 30 years old. At an average, that's 25 years old. 25 years old, and we're going to argue that that's an old offensive line? The Giants' 53-man roster, as of cut-down day last September, was the eighth youngest team in the league at 25.7 years old. So their offensive line is younger than the collective roster, and yet the argument is that they're old. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. I, I honestly don't know what else to say. Yeah, she she just would not take she would not take no for an answer on that one. She was coming she, she was coming after him. She was coming out. You could tell. You right. could tell he, she wanted and, to go after him. Right. And and Gettleman went on to and he left the door open for Matt Pert to start at right tackle over Solder to start this season. That's assuming that Solder even returns. I mean, he obviously wasn't talking about contracts. He's not gonna come out and say, Oh, we're gonna cut the guy. Uh, he's still under contract, so obviously that's not going to happen. But assuming that uh, that Pert does start at right tackle and Thomas does start at left tackle, that means the Giants' starting five along the offensive line will have an average age of 24.4 this season. So I don't necessarily understand the argument. Kim has made the stance this morning on Twitter uh, that her, you know, her, her debate with, with Gettleman wasn't you know, about age. And if we assume that it was just the numbers, as far as the age goes, she can't help us. Well, I would like her to elaborate because I don't understand that uh, because it doesn't add up any way you look at it. And again, I'm not trying to knock him. I respect him. I think she's a tremendous reporter. She's always very well prepared and very well informed. Uh, but I really kind of think she missed the mark on that one. When Dave Gettleman has a, a presser, Dan, you got to tune in. There, there's always stuff going on with Dave Gettleman. I, I love it. And we also heard from Joe Judge. So I want to continue the conversation. Joe Judge had some things to say as well, of, of course, about Dan's guy, Daniel Jones. And we got to talk about what Judge and Gettleman, how they feel about Daniel Jones. And I want to talk about that under the kind of the shadow of the Dak Prescott contract and what that might mean for the Giants and their future at the position. We'll get to all that coming up next. Hey, Joe, this offseason, how do you balance trying to plug some holes on your roster to win in 2021 with, you know, continuing continuing to rebuild the roster and looking at the long term picture, like when you're evaluating free agent decisions and, and that kind of thing? 
Look, I'm always a bit, I'm always a long-term picture guy, and I think you have success by continuously building your team through the draft, by developing your players, by adding the right players in free agency who not only fit you schematically, but fit you personality and culture-wise in the locker room. I think the one thing to keep in mind as we go through this free agency point of the year, and look, it's very exciting. There's a lot of press and media, and it's all over TV. But the reality is it's not fantasy football. You can't just grab a player, put him on your team, and think everything's going to work out. It has to be the right fit for your team going forward. And that's a fit culturally, and that's a fit schematically. And it's got to go both ways. All right, there's things that we do here that, you know, look, we don't make it easy on our players and coaches. That's by design. You know, and the guys we have in this locker room have bought in. Uh, we have a lot of fun here through doing that, but we have a way of doing things. That's not for everyone, to be honest with you. Well, there's Giants head coach Joe Judge, Dan. As first we've heard from him since the end of the season. As typical Joe Judge, right? He he came out, he started with like a five-minute, five-and-a-half-minute address, <laughs> right? You, you must have been sitting there like, all right, Joe, let's – can we get to our questions? He, he addresses everyone for like literally five minutes. He just kept talking. And then he took questions for a while and really hitting the same type of points, the same kind of mantra, right? To do your job, finding the right guys, finding right. players that want to be here, you know, accumulating good players. And of course, he professed his love for Daniel Jones and Evan Ingram. He's not backing <laughs> off of that thing. I found that super interesting. But what were your top takeaways from uh, Joe Judge's presser? Well, there were a couple of them. I think one of the things that he said yesterday um, is extremely important and often overlooked. You know, it, first of all, it's not fantasy football. It's not Madden. It's not a video game. There are great players out there, statistically, physically, that you look at and you think they would be a great addition to this team. What Judge is saying is, first of all, will they? Do they fit the scheme that we run? Do their talents mesh with what it is that we do? Now, we saw last year, and I'm not going to name names of players because we can run down that list all day long, of players who just didn't fit with the Giants, especially on the offensive side of the ball, and even on the defensive side of the ball, like Marcus Golden prior to his trade, that just they don't fit schematically. It's not that they're bad players. They're good players who just don't fit schematically. So it's not sort of a plug-and-play situation when you look at free agency in the draft. Yeah, this player may be a great player, but it doesn't mean they're going to play well in our system. Secondly, the other thing that he mentioned, and this is really a New England Patriots, Bill Belichick kind of thing, they have a very specific way that they go about business every single day. And he's right. And for some players, it just doesn't work. As a Yankees fan, I say it all the time. There are just some players out there who are great players who can't make it work in New York. It's a very, very difficult place to play. The pressure is constantly on you. And some people mentally just can't handle it. So when the Giants do look ahead to free agency in the draft, Judge is right. You know, it doesn't matter necessarily that they're a great player. Do they fit in the locker room and on the field? So I think that's a very key takeaway that people are going to need to remember as the Giants go into the signing period uh, because they're probably not going to look at some players that are great talents, but they just deem to not be the right fit. And naturally, they're going to catch some criticism over that, but they're right. It's it's not as simple as as it is on Madden where you just pick the best player, put them on the team, and then they go out and dominate. Doesn't It's not how it works in the NFL. I think some of the other things that you know, are really key to take away from what you know, Judge and even Gettleman said yesterday is that they appear to be in lockstep on a lot of things. You heard both Gettleman and Judge mention video games and fantasy, fantasy football. football. Yeah, I noticed that too. And yep. There were several other things that were said. It was almost as if they were working off a script. Uh, so it's very clear that they have gotten together and – they have created a game plan that they use when it comes to facing the media. And I think one of the most fascinating things that I took away, not necessarily from judges, uh, 
press conference yesterday, but from the dual press conferences is that Gettleman is treated one way when he says the same thing Judge says, and Judge is treated the exact opposite way for saying the same exact thing that Gettleman said. And I, I think that's sort of a fascinating dynamic. No, oh, yeah, it's just something goofy about Gettleman. I don't know what it is. There's something goofy about him, man. I don't know. Uh, yeah, and, you know, there's a little bit more, there's something stern with Joe Judge when he's sitting there, you know. But, yeah, no, I see what you mean because I'm sitting here, I'm watching all the players uh, get franchise tagged uh, on Tuesday. And it was interesting. A lot of guys got the tag more than I probably thought. As now, oh, all yeah. the games are kind of the, oh yeah, yeah. I thought it would be a lot less than that. Got, mm-hmm. uh, teams took advantage of the franchise tag. You look at a guy like Kenny Galladay sitting here behind yep. the mic. I mean, I feel like we talk about, and I played that clip about Gettleman addressing the question about adding playmakers. We need playmate. We need to get Saquon Barkley back. We need, and we need to get some receivers. Right, the Golden Tate experiment did not work out. The Giants really don't have that bonafide number one receiver guy since OBJ left. And a guy like Kenny Galladay would be, oh, God, how, how good would he look in the Giants uniform? Right. Oh, my God, that would right. be great. But is he a fit? Will the Giants exactly. go and try to, you know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. But from behind the mic, oh, my God, I want Kenny right. Galladay on the Giants. Right. That sounds great. Yeah, and I think that's another key point to take away from Judge yesterday because it wasn't in the clip that we played. But at one point yesterday, he did mention there was serious self-evaluation as far as the coaching and schemes went after the season and when you do look at a player like Kenny Galladay and and you think of the kind of deep threat uh, you know field stretcher that he has the capability of being not to mention his ridiculous hands very similar to OBJ in fact um, would that have fit in Jason Garrett's 2020 version of the New York Giants and the answer to that question is no now the Giants did evaluate that as Judge says but does that mean they're going to make changes I would think they have to, especially when you consider that Daniel Jones on deep balls last year was the highest rated quarterback in the NFL. Why won't you maximize that? So when you look at those things again, it goes back to what Gettleman was also saying is that it's not fantasy football and you got to find those fits. What we don't know on the outside is, are they going to keep Jason Garrett's scheme the same? We have no idea. Uh, we can assume that it's going to change, but we don't know what it's going to change too. So when we start evaluating whoever it is they sign and whoever it is they draft, we need to be careful about how we're critical or how we praise those things because we honestly don't know, again, from the outside looking in, what changes are going to be made to that scheme. All we can know and judge everything off of is what those schemes were a year ago. So as talented as Kenny Galladay is, and as much as I'd love to see him be a giant, I would argue that he doesn't fit Jason Garrett's system in the way that we know it to be. Now, the guy's talking about fantasy. You know, it's not fantasy football. Well, that that fits the narrative with Daniel Jones, right? He didn't have a right. great statistical season last year, obviously. Uh, but it's not fantasy football. He's passing the eye test. They like what he's bringing off the field in the locker room. And they clearly like him, Dan. But we talked about last week how this is a leap year for him. This is a, a right. year where he needs to take that step. And if he... <laughs> If he fails, if he crashes and burns this year, it's going to be hard for them to say the same things next offseason. Oh, yeah. And seeing this contract that Dak Prescott just got, <laughs> oh, my God, with the with the franchise tag clause, the no trade clause, the, the $66 million signing bonus, a record. And why 66? That's $1 million more than Russell Wilson got to make it the record. <laughs> That's why. These numbers aren't by accident. $126 million guaranteed. I mean, he got... 
you know, everything on his list that he wanted with his agent, he got from the Cowboys and Jerry Jones. Right. He's also going to be 31 years old when this when the new TV deals kick in and he's going to be a free agent and the Cowboys can do nothing about it. Dak Prescott will be a free agent if he wants to be when he's 31 years old. And it's like a leapfrog thing, right? We've seen it from Jared Goff to Deshaun Watson, the Russell Wilson. There's more in between. Now Dak Prescott, obviously we saw Patrick Mahomes' ridiculous contract as well. It's kind of an outlier. But next up, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson. Where does Daniel Jones fit? Is he one of those kind of guys? Is he a guy that the Cow- uh, the Giants, I'm sorry, are going to go out and pony up and put one of these huge, massive quarterback contracts behind Right now, I think as we're talking now, as much as they love Daniel Jones, yeah, I can't say that that's in their plans. We saw what no. happened with Jared Goff and the Rams. We no. don't want that kind of situation for the no. Giants, right? So I think it, it kind of hinges on this season for Daniel Jones. The pressure for him to perform this season is very high, but I still feel like, oh man, in the light of that Dak Prescott contract, Dan, what do you think that means for the Giants? What do you think you're thinking about if you're Dave Gettleman and you're evaluating Daniel Jones? You might love the kid, but man... I don't know if he's that player yet, right? Like well, you're going to invest be, in. You, you got to be extremely careful. I'll tell you that. It doesn't matter if it's Gettleman or whoever else were to come after Gettleman. You've got to be extremely careful in that scenario. And listen, I, you, you've heard me for you know over a year now praise Daniel Jones based on the eye test and what I think he's capable of. Now, do I think he can reach that point eventually? I do. But if we're evaluating him as it stands, and even if I'm being completely honest and objective, if we're looking at his – you know, his progression and, and where that sort of, you know, lends itself to going. I still don't necessarily think that he's worth that level of investment. But then again, I don't necessarily believe that Dak Prescott is worth that level of investment. It's just but, where we're at, right? With the league. Right. This and that's where happening. it is. That's yeah. where the quarterback market has now been reset to. So when the Giants reach that point with Jones, Jones needs to be having the level of success of a Josh Allen who is going to reset the market again when yes. it comes time. Probably and if he's not, this year. <laughs> it's right. And if he's not performing at that level, I don't know. You know, you, you've got to hope that he'll sign for a realistic deal or you've got to move on at that point um, because you've, you've really got to be a top, top, top level quarterback to land that kind of deal. And I think Jerry Jones honestly did a disservice to the rest of the general managers in the NFL uh, by resetting the market at that absolutely ridiculous level for a quarterback who again if we're being honest and objective isn't in that top tier with the Aaron Rodgers and the Josh Allens and the other quarterbacks of that level so you know um, they've certainly made it more expensive for other people and um, thank you Jerry. and and they are going to give the Giants a headache when the time comes with Daniel Jones because they have hitched their wagon to him I mean, as clear as day at this point, I don't know how many more times this question needs to be asked of them. Um, they were not even tempted, not even in the slightest degree, to move on from Daniel Jones this year. So, yeah, they're going to have a very difficult decision ahead of them if Jones does not light the world on fire this coming season. Now, they use the word love, Dan. L-O-V-E. Right? L-O-V-E. Yeah, I love that. For you know the tough guy that Joe judges, he, he says he loves Daniel Jones. He loves Evan Ingram. So if Giants fans are, are not happy with those players, tough luck. The head coach loves them. Hey, we know, we know Gettleman loves them. I, I would, I would honestly, I would love to be judged one of these times. I just asked the reporter, "How many different ways are you going to ask the same question?" I'm like, I don't know I what him. I need to say. I love him. I love him. I love him. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so good. Hey, man. Next time we talk next week, I mean, we're gonna be right in the thick of this thing, right 
it's going to be right after that tampering period, right? Right, Where right. The NFL created this thing where where uh, Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport and everyone can break all the news before it actually <laughs> happens, right? So, right? Just so they can have fun on Monday and Tuesday of next it's, week. So it's, it's going to be fun. It's certainly going to be, be a wild week because yes. the Giants have a lot of work they need to do before that tampering period opens. With that franchise tag, they're now more than $11 million back over the cap, which, again, still it's not been set yet. So if they want to dive into free agency, they absolutely have to make moves now, which hopefully we'll be talking about next week. We absolutely will. Good stuff as always from Dan Benton. I'm Ryan O'Leary. We'll be back next week to break down all these Giants moves. There's a lot coming. We'll talk to you all next week. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.